Companies of the future must be doing people connection. Absolutely. And the importance of that being connected to people and getting the philosophy, I teach this to my mentees. You are doing a different job than everybody else. You're not above them, you're not below them. You're with them. Hello, my name is Lauren D'Souza and you're listening to Retain the Customer Retention Podcast. More and more companies are wanting to focus on retaining customers, but what exactly are the powers of customer retention? And how are companies using it to keep their customers coming back for more? That's what we're here to find out. Terry Earthwind Nichols is a visionary strategist and the creator of the Vision Strategy Roadmap, a throw-out-your-goals-achievement-based success system. Terry is currently the chairman of Evolution Healer, a company that offers business coaching as well as online CR practitioner certification training through the Earthwind Academy. Welcome, and thanks for sharing your time with us, Terry. Thank you, Robin. I'm very glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Awesome. I'm really excited about our chat today. I am excited to cover all the different topics. One that I'm particularly excited about is your new form of the business model that you cover in the book Consortium that you're talking about and talking about retention strategies, how that works into the new business model, all the things that fall under this wonderful umbrella that is marketing. But why don't we start off with you telling us a little bit more about yourself and your experience? Well, I'm a retired U.S. Navy man. So very early in my adult Time uh, was involved in sailing uh, quite a bit of the half of the the world and seeing half of the world. Terrific experience; wouldn't trade it for nothing. And through that time, I picked up a couple of degrees in marketing, and then called personnel management, HR, and human issues. Now, and the marketing always turned me on. So, you know, I got into sales in the Navy as what they used to call a classifier. A classifier gets somebody who wants to join the Navy to the entrance station, take their physical and tests and all those kinds of things. And then we'd help them find a job in the Navy that worked well for them and could possibly support them in the future. And I was very good at it. After the the Navy, uh, late last century, I love saying that, I'm an old guy, right? (laughs) So I didn't know who I was or what I wanted to do. I love sales. So I was worked in sales in a number of different industries for about 25 years into this century. And about 2010, I got tired of the corporate life. And so I've always been an entrepreneur. So I decided that uh, I would start a business and then built that up and sold it. And I started another one and sold it. And so I'm still, you know, 30 years away from the Navy. I don't know who I am or or what I want to do. One thing came to the fore, though. I love helping people. So my whole adult life, I probably coached and mentored 15, 1,600 people. And so, uh, thank you. Over the last uh, five, six years, I've had a number of people who know me and, and have worked with me in various ways on various platforms come to me confidentially and say, would you mentor me? Well, yeah, I would I would be happy to do that because I don't like coaching. Coaching that you come to me, you have a something you want to do, a service, a good sales or whatever. I'll tell you what you need to do. Bye. Mentoring is a whole person concept. It's an interpersonal, deep relationship where 
you come to me about something that you have in a vision. You know, you talked about the vision strategy roadmap. I'm big on vision. And so I help them create a vision and then a roadmap or a way to get to there. It's not goals or time related. So if a pandemic happens on your way to one of the stops along the way, you just handle it, step off the road like you would to get gas on the way to grandma's house. And when it's time to get back on the road, you get on where you were and you just keep going. The stress is seriously reduced when that happens. So my mentees stay with me for quite a long time. And I have senior executives and governmental executives all over the world on five continents right now. And they enjoy the confidentiality and, and the feedback. What's really nice about it, Lauren, is of those five people, three of them I have actual experience in their industry. The other two I don't. And so I bring an interesting take on what they're doing in their industry and where they want to go. And I track how they can look at what they want to do differently, like change the model of their of their company or something like that. I can give them an outside perspective that they really can't get from somebody who's in the industry. They're too close. That's awesome. Well, that opens me up to so many different things I could ask about because I'm interested, I'm inspired, I'm intrigued. I don't even know where to start. But in your time of talking to all these different people, you must have come across so many different business models, the way that they're approaching their business, how they change their businesses, which I'm assuming you're about to tell me about of how you came up with this business, the new business model. So maybe you could dive into that because I'm curious to know about the business model itself and what's so different than the standard and how do companies or these people that you're mentoring actually put it into play? Well, let's go back to the 1970s and 1980s when I was in Navy recruiting. I encourage my guys to achieve things, not hit a goal. There's monthly goals that we had to accomplish and those kinds of things, plus competitive goals. I told them, never think about that. Think about the people that you're helping and how much you're getting out of it. How, when you achieve something, Laura, when was the last time you achieved something? How great did you feel? And how bad did you want to repeat it, right? So we use that principle in those teams way back then and through my corporate years. And so towards the end of 2019, I was outlining and kind of laying out the consortium concept, which is achievement-based, not goals, and people are the center. And so I was laying that all out with the thought that sometime in 2022, I'd have a book out. Well, COVID hit, and all of a sudden, (laughs) I'm seeing all the closures I'm seeing the old business model in full swing, right? Right away, there was there was whole divisions laid off. They just closed them right away, you know? And that doesn't have to be, you know? I like using the bank model. If you were thinking about closing a bank branch somewhere, it just wasn't performing and a COVID hit. Well, the first thing you want to do is you want to be a responsible boss. So you want to make everybody there safe. Okay. And then rather than closing that bank branch, how about getting that bank branch together and have them come up with a new revenue stream that will keep them in their jobs and some new training and some new excitement rather than just closing it. Okay. 
then you're doing responsible things in the local community, the word gets out. People want to do business with kind people. Yes, okay? that's true. And so all of a sudden, here's uh, 30 people at a bank branch who were about to get laid off. They're all of a sudden making money for the corporation because they're doing something differently. I love Sir Richard Branson of Virgin. You know, he says, take care of your people and they'll take care of your customers. Okay. When the great resignation hit and all of that stuff started to come to the fore, Virgin was fully employed. Why? Because they feel valued. They want to come to work. They love being there. And they know the very top of their organization can walk in the, the door of their office at any time and reach his hand out and say hi and mean it. So consortium creates, helps a company create a vision in the future that has nothing to do with timelines or goals or anything like that, because those are meant to be missed. So do away with them. Let the tax department worry about deadlines. Okay. There's <laughs> even a way to get around that. But we won't <laughs> go into that today because it's kind of, it's kind of wide. <laughs> but do this. Here's this vision of the future that everyone in a corporation, whether it's 50 or 500,000, believes in. Starting with the very top people are excited and they believe in this future vision that's on the horizon. And it's on the horizon on purpose. You can see it every day. You understand it. You feel it. You're excited to get there. Well, then you build a roadmap backwards from getting there with some stops along the way. What is the last thing that your corporation has to achieve to hit that vision, right? right? And then before that, before that, before that, however far back you want to go. But today is where you begin. And then what happens if we get the vision? Well, we start a new one. We're not done. We just start a new one. So that's what consortium basically is about. It's about all of us believing in a place in the future and believing that we're going to get there together. Right. I hope that answers your question. No, it does. And really exceptionally at that. But what I like about this is that it's very intrinsically motivated for each person. So it's not about seeing people in a company as just a number. It's about actually uniting a group of people together and bringing them towards this vision. So it's less about, like you said, the goals, but more about the vision and achieving that together. And so I'm curious to know your thoughts on something like this model, which you call achievement-based strategies. When you're looking on the internal and how you structure your organization and how you operate, how does this reflect in companies' retention strategies and how does it affect their customers and retaining their customers, do you think? Companies who have a good reputation and are interpersonally connected to their communities, people want to do business with them because their friend, Lauren, works there, so I know it's a good company because <laughs> she's a good person, right? Terry's a good guy. I'm going to do business with Terry's company. So you're building your company. Your interface with your, your customers is not up to the leadership. It's up to the person sitting in the window, okay? It's the person with the smile. It's that person on, the, on a cell phone or picking up the answering service, and you can feel and see their smile on the other side, and you know it's real. It just comes into your heart, and you know you're talking to the right people. That is subjective when you look at the big picture because it spreads like water across the table, okay? 
and everybody else wants to do it. So let them. So if everybody's doing it, how are you going to get more customers? By doing this. Eliminate your competition. Okay. In the old business model, that means get rid of them all. In the new business model, you get them all together and figure out the best ways you can you can take care of your community so that everyone in the community is very well supported and let those people do business with whoever they're going to do because you're going to get some business from Wells Fargo across the street or Tourist Bank or whatever. And guess what? Some of your people are going to go over there. Why? Because they're best buddies over there. The programs aren't that much different. The their rate of interest and those kinds of things are basically competitive. What gets you there and keeps you there is that interconnected with the people who are there. Okay. So it's a win-win with everybody. If you want to do the win-lose thing, I don't like using win-lose because there isn't, you either learn at something or you learn at something. There yeah. isn't anything else. hundred percent. Right? So yeah, it's exciting. No, I like that a lot. Actually that learn something or learn something is almost how I I navigate my personal life. It's just you are there's no win and lose. It's almost you always are learning something from whatever you do, whether things go the way that you wanted it to or maybe not. But it's always a learning step for the next thing. So I really like that. And I think it's an important pinnacle for business because when people are thinking about all these different things, like retention, for example, how we've been talking about it, people are thinking, how do I crush the competition or how do I retain more customers? And it's not the right view when it's obviously there's lots of customers out there. You can keep people happy. You can try different approaches like you just mentioned of creating this community that's actually working together. And actually on a previous episode of our podcast, I had given this example that came to mind again, which is this company called Lemlist. And they do cold outreach campaigns and they do automated software for sales outreach. And what's excellent about this company, which is probably why I mentioned it time and time again and why it's always at the top of my mind, is because they've actually done exactly what you just said about making a community out of their customers. So basically what they have is they've created this, I guess, almost like a playground for people to chat and share ideas and things like that. But where the real value comes in is all these people who are lem listers is what they call them. They share their most successful sales outreach strategies and they give them data. They give them the content. They give them tips and tricks. So I can go on these communities and they can say things like this one liner got me this open rate, for example. Now, that is extremely valuable. And Lemless is probably not that worried about their retention rate because they've got it in the bag in this strategy that they're pursuing there because it's all about what you just said almost achieving this achievement-based slash vision strategy instead of how do we eliminate the competition by lowering our prices or something like that. That's not a very sustainable way. So do you have a company that you think does this really well of what you were just talking about in terms of retention of their customers from within? Well, again, the Virgin Group, mm -hmm. anything Branson puts his finger on, turns <laughs> yeah. to gold. Okay, the Midas touch. And there was something in LinkedIn this morning where he placed it in the newsfeed on LinkedIn. Him coming out of the airplane, the first flight from London to Tampa Bay, he was on the first flight with his team. And another great example is the very first Virgin Cruise Line. He was on the, the first cruise and he was running around playing with people, volleyball, goofing around. They were all dancing in a bar. They were doing people connection. Companies of the future must be doing people connection. 
Absolutely. And the importance of that being connected to people and getting the philosophy, I teach this to my mentees, you are doing a different job than everybody else. You're not above them. You're not below them. You're with them. Okay. And when you engage with a person, doesn't matter who they are or what they're doing. In my book, Profiling for Profit, I tell about a story. I was selling custom clothes right after the Navy to senior executives in Minneapolis, Minnesota. One of the buildings was 40 stories high. It was a whole building was one corporation. And in the basement and parking garage, there was a whole section that was valeted for people who were visiting the 40th floor, okay? Oh, the chief okay. executive's floor. And so when I would go up to the 40th floor, I would park there. And here's the nice thing. They wash your car. Now, in the wintertime, when there's salt and all that junk all over your car all the time, it was sweet going up to the place and coming <laughs> yeah. back down to a clean car. Absolutely. So one time I went up and, and helped my client on the 40th floor. And I came back a little early. And the guy's name was Pete. And he was washing my car and he knew my name. And he says, I'm sorry, Mr. Nichols, I, I'm just a little bit behind this morning. There's a lot of business. And I go, no worries. I, I'm in no hurry. Go ahead and take your time. And as he finished up my car, he says, can I ask you something? I said, sure, what do you got? And he says, what do you do? You always look so cool in your clothes. And I said, well, I make <laughs> custom clothes. And that's, that's what I take to the top floor because the executives up there have a very hard time going out and shopping. And most of them can't put a coat on or, or whatever from the rack because it won't fit them. So I take that worry away from them. And I do it right there in their office. And he says, wow, that's really cool. I say, yeah, it's great fun. And I really enjoy it. He says, is it okay with you? Can I have your business card? Now, the average salesperson's going to go, yeah, sure, kid. Go throw it away, right? He says, my uncle has to go to Chicago twice a year in the spring and twice a year in the fall to get his clothes made because he's very difficult to meet. So they make his clothes for him full custom. I'd like to tell him about it. Hey, go right ahead. Uh, have him give me a ring. And I, I just let it go. Got my car. Tipped him his te my 10 bucks to him, which uh, back in the 90s, 10 bucks was a pretty good tip. Yeah. And I took off. The following week, I'm in the office in the store, a little tiny store that we had. And my phone rings and I answer it. And there's a guy on there. He says, hey, are you Nick Nichols? I was Nick in those days. We won't go down that road. And I said, yes, sir. How can I help you? And he says, well, I was having dinner Sunday night and my, my nephew Petey was over and he was talking about you up a storm. And he says That's that you awesome. can make clothes by coming over to my office and measuring me and take care of me that way. Can you do that? And I go, sure. And he says, when can we get together? So we, we put together an appointment and I went over to the building that he was located in another big building, not as big as the 40th floor. <laughs> but I went up to his office and he had the corner office. Wow. This guy, Petey's uncle, <laughs> washes cars, right? Petey's uncle was the executive vice president of Central United States for a top five bank. Oh my gosh. Okay? 
And he got you quite the lead there. (laughs) Right. And so we measured him out and I had already asked him if he would that day to be sure and, and wear a suit that he was really pretty well comfortable in. So I had some references visually. And we did, and we, we measured out and picked out some, some fabric. And I made him a couple of shirts and a suit. And uh, a month later, I got together with him still in his office. He's got a corner office, so he has his own bathroom. Of course, and, as we all do. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and so I brought the suit and a couple of shirts up there, and he went ahead and tried the shirts on. Perfect. And then he put the suit on, he walked out and he says, I can't believe you did this. I don't believe you did this. How did you do this? And I go, what's, what's wrong? And he says, nothing's wrong. It fits perfect. And I go, well, we got to fix the bottoms of the pants. I've got to hem them up for you. And he goes, yeah, that alone used to take a trip to, to Chicago. I'm a believer. When can we get together? I need some suits and some clothes. Wow. That man became my number one custom clothing customer Are you serious? for another three years. And where'd I get that? This kid wanted to know what I did as he washed my car. Ladies wow, and gentlemen, treat everybody journey. the same. Yes. That kid, Petey, got the same pitch or, or introduction of what I do as I would have given anybody on that 40th floor of that office building. Right. Be who you are. And like Gandhi, be the person you want to see in the world. (laughs) I love that so much. And it's such a great lesson for us as people, us as businesses, everything that we do. Treating everybody on the same playing field is so important in so many different levels. But this example alone shows the gravity to what that can lead to. So I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really enjoyed listening to that story. You're welcome. And that actually brings us pretty close to the end of our episode, which is a great note to end on, which leads me to ask with all your experience, obviously your eight wonderful books and your ninth coming out next month. But I'm curious to know, is there a piece of visionary or life advice that someone shared with you once that has always stayed with you? And what is it? I was in Minnesota and I was the manager of the clubhouse of a country club as a young guy. And it was Sunday and my team was running a little bit behind. So they were scrambling. There was a member there who, if you're familiar with McDonald's, you've probably heard of that. The originator of McDonald's was Ray Kroc. And this man knew and was trained by Ray himself back in the day. Wow. And he had the exclusive rights to all McDonald's in Southern Minnesota. Southern Minnesota is pretty big and there's a lot of McDonald's there. And he walks up to me and we're scrambling. He says, let me give you a little piece of advice that Ray Kroc gave me back when I was first starting out. Never open till you're ready and deliver what your customer expects. And they don't care if it opened 10 minutes late. They got the experience they wanted and they'll leave happy. So you don't open this until you're ready. Got that? And I go, yes, sir. And I've kept that ever since. Don't open till you're ready. And I'll take that with me. (laughs) That's awesome. That's a really great piece of advice. So simple. So to the point, 
but just shows the gravity of putting customer first, people first, kind of the whole theme that you had throughout this conversation today. And such a great note to end our episode on. So thank you so much, Terry, for joining us today. It was really a pleasure to have you. And I'm sure everyone will really enjoy the content that they heard today on the episode. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks again for inviting me. This was fun. Retain the Customer Retention Podcast is brought to you by Gameball. To find out how you can turn visitors and occasional buyers into loyal, lifetime customers, head to Gameball.co. Make sure to subscribe to Retain the Customer Retention Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, so you never miss an episode. Thanks for joining me, and I'll see you next time.